0: The following podcast is an Embassy Row production.
1: Here we go, here we go, here we go. Small ball in the house. Ah, oh, sports, 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 where sports, we have no sports. <laughs> the only guy that starts a sports
2: podcast when there are no
1: games. That's right, baby. That's why I, I know I can book people where I want to book, because they ain't doing nothing else. That's the no, same thing. Home. I
2: book guests. I asked for LeBron. I said, you're home. Come on you're my home. podcast.
1: That's, that's what I'm saying. I call you're half the NBA. Uh I got some promising callbacks, so we'll see who's coming on Pop on Small Ball uh, this month. But uh, welcome, Celeste. Welcome, Hi. Seth.
3: Hi.
0: Hey, thanks for having me.
1: introduce yourselves.
0: I'm Celeste Joseph Jennings, host of Vox Celeste Podcast.
1: Yes, and where are you from again, Celeste?
0: I'm I live in the epicenter of of uh, Westchester of the uh coronavirus, in New, New York. Neurochell. New
2: Rochelle. Oh, Celeste New York, a lot of orthodox Jews.
0: Oh, tell me yeah. about.
2: I'm yeah. good. I can that that. That. I'm can make that. i a Nazi. I can laugh at it.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: it's a show.
1: But you're doing good though. you good?
0: I'm doing all right. I mean, it's crazy. You know, when it's our, actually our curve is flattening because people are, are taking the social distancing very seriously. They Take shut down a- schools three weeks mountains.
1: ago. Uh, you see, I'm taking it serious. I'm up in the mountains.
0: Yeah, but I, 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 are you totally doing the social
3: distancing
1: thing? Uh, yeah, I only have me and my nurse. <laughs> 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 mm-hmm. Now, Steph, introduce yourself to the people.
2: Well, I, I, I agree that we're flattening, but the numbers are still going up. When the numbers flatten, that's right. when we can get sp- Uh, My name is Seth Everett, Uh, I am a broadcaster, I work all over the world, and now from my house, and I host two podcasts, one is called Sports with Friends, where every guest is a friend, or a friend of a friend, we play Jewish geography, that's how I get all the guests, because one time I got some guy on, because a PR guy booked an author, and I said, welcome to Sports with Friends, and they said, uh, nice to meet you. And people on Twitter were like, how the hell do you call this show Sports with Friends? You don't even know that guy. <laughs> that's hilarious. So that's how we got the Jewish geography. And then the other show I do is called The Hall of Justice. Uh-huh. Uh, and the slogan for that is, if you're old enough to know what the Hall of Justice is, you're our demographic. Nah. It's, ah. it's, it's about that genre. It's about superheroes. It's about you know sci-fi movies. But it's for grown-ups. It's not, it's not a geek show. It's not a, who's stronger, Spider-Man or the Hulk? Like It's not that. <laughs> Okay. We talk to actors. We talk to voice actors. We talk to movie reviewers. We do all that stuff, and I try to take it with the same passion that I take my sports.
1: Your sports show. Now, how long did you have a sports show there?
2: Sports with friends. I started both of them in 2015.
1: Now, is it mostly hockey talk or what is it?
2: Oh no. Um, You know, I created the show. This is going to become my my bio here. Um, I got got to see the you know your
1: relationship your relationship with sports. That's what it's all about.
2: And my relationship with podcasting is because of it. We were one of the first, and I'm not taking credit because it wasn't my idea, but we are one of the first people to ever do a podcast before it was the word. In 2003, 2003, I worked for Major League Baseball. And I've covered a bunch of teams, but I was working for the league, and we were doing a streaming radio show. You remember Real Audio?
3: Mm -hmm. Yeah.
2: We We had Real Audio. And our exclusivity with Real ended and we had this big meeting. There was like 25 people in a conference room. And I would take the credit if I thought of it, but it wasn't my idea. Somebody in that meeting said, why don't we take 45 minutes of your show and make it an MP3 and put it on the MLB.com site?
3: Mm, right.
2: And we were like, okay, that's, that's a podcast. That became a podcast. A podcast and then wow. we were doing it for six months. We were doing it for six months. And we, then we heard the word. And we thought it was making fun of us. Ah. Yeah. Uh, so, like, a guy would call up and go, I want to trade Derek Dieter to the Marlins, or, you know, some goofy trade. And, we, and my co-host, the late Daryl Hamilton, would go, man, that's not going to get on the podcast. You're not good enough to be... You're not podcast-worthy. <laughs> and, that's, and that's how it started. Uh, and then, fast forward to 2015, I started both shows. Um, Daryl uh, was killed, and and uh, he was going to do Sports with Friends with me. Right. Um, but when he was killed, I decide, I was going to stop, and people said, just talk to your friends, because that's very therapeutic. Right. And what happened was, my mom was playing that game Words with Friends. Right. And I said, wait a minute. You owe somebody a check, man. I said, I said <laughs> what about Sports with Friends? And that's how the whole thing started.
1: Nice. Now, did you play sports back in uh, school? Yeah. Or? Yeah. Me? Yeah. I,
2: I, <laughs> that's what I, <laughs> I always get that question. Are like, born, oh, how are you qualified? Born and no, raised
1: there?
2: Uh, I grew up in New Jersey. Where in I were, uh, grew up in Marlboro.
1: Okay, Marlboro, Now yeah. I
2: live north. I live in uh, Essex County. And then um, I went to Syracuse, and I was Yay, gonna,
3: I'm I'm oh. going to... Believe it,
2: baby. Yeah. Okay. And, I, and, I wanted to, um, and I wanted to be a political uh, analyst. I thought I would be good at that because I kind of yeah. like law. And then I learned about paying dues. And I paid my dues. I've called single-A baseball games. I've done all that. Man. But when you're paying your dues in news You're covering kidnappings and robberies And yes, all exactly this crap right. And I don't want to be the guy that people watch It's kind of like what I've admired yeah. About both of your careers You want to be watched because people want to Not because right. they feel obligated right, to right. right, And that's right. what sports is And that's and then I heard about the tradition At Syracuse, you know, Bob Costas And Marv wow. Albert and all those guys And yeah. I said, I, I would love to follow in their footsteps So, that, so that's, that's when that's you went tough. to undergrad yeah, yeah, Syracuse. Yeah. And who was it? Donovan
0: McNabb was the quarterback.
2: Donovan McNabb helped and me move.
0: What?
2: And who? I have a great Donovan McNabb story. Donovan McNabb helped me move. Did he Wait really? A minute. When I graduated, I got a job in Denver, Colorado. I covered the Broncos, and I worked for the Avalanche and the Rockies. And I didn't have any furniture. And all I had was this stuff that we were mailing in the UPS store. And I had a little Saturn, Uh and we couldn't get the. I know this is an audio podcast, but we couldn't get the box to get in my trunk.
1: Oh yeah, and and that's Donovan
2: McNabb. He knew me because I was a sideline reporter for the football team. Uh His freshman year, I was a senior when he was a freshman, and he was in a pickup truck. We were there at the same time.
0: Yeah.
2: Did I hit on you? I'm so sorry.
0: No, I was in grad school, but I did. You go to like McFadden's?
1: Always always oh, yeah okay there we go so, so, what's is that on the campus a campus bar yeah,
0: it's, it's one of the bars, bars, yeah. bars like on the street that were like i i used to spend my hungry chucks too was one of my spots it was, like two dollars yeah chucks you can yeah, get in my, when
2: you were 18. one of my boys
0: fetus you can be a fetus
1: <laughs> one of my good friends uh he used to bartend and run a bar up there i forget the name of it but you got maybe you remember him his name was Derek, a black black dude
2: African, I think. Oh, they Berwick. were just a couple of those up there. Yeah,
1: <laughs> ran, He ran some big bar up there, but in Syracuse, because everybody on the Upper East Side seemed like they went to Syracuse and
2: was Orange mm-hmm. Men fans. Right.
0: Well, that was the school for, like, suburban kids who couldn't get into Colgate.
2: <laughs> <laughs> but Donovan McNabb pulled up and saw me and my friend struggling to get the box in, and right. he says, and he says, uh, I can't watch this. You guys are embarrassing yourselves. Put truck. it in. It Use my pickup truck. So we put the wow. box in and he followed me, you know, two blocks to the to the UPS store. And when the later on, when I was on the radio and Don McNabb had that whole thing with Rush Limbaugh.
1: Mm-hmm. Remember
2: Rush Limbaugh went on uh ESPN and said that you know he he's only good because he's a black quarterback? Oh yes.
1: yeah, yes, yes. oh Ross,
2: run of one time
0: on Tom Brady. Do you remember that game?
2: Yeah. And one time, so yeah. somebody asked me about it on the radio. They said, What do you make of the Donovan McNabb controversy? And all I said is, I love Donovan McNabb. He helped me move. Because <laughs> he helped me move. It helped me move. And so that's my, that's my way of getting out of racist talk because all I say, <laughs> is, hey, Donovan McNabb, help me move.
0: <laughs> He's my best friend. a little racist, <laughs> though.
1: <laughs> uh, but Celeste, so you were, you were uh, at Syracuse the same time McNabb was quarterback.
0: Yeah, he was quarterback. I was in uh, law school and grad school there.
1: Right. And
0: I went to every game. as was my stress reliever because the carrier dome was right next to the law school. Right. And, and it was like it was just amazing to just sit there and just it was like eight dollar tickets. We we're in the shitty student seats. Yeah. I also <laughs> every basketball game. I saw John Wallace play. I uh,
2: just had him on sports with friends. Did you, oh, really? you, you got, uh, him in like Three weeks ago, right before the coronavirus took the world over.
0: Really? Yeah. I just ran into I ran into him in Harlem, like just randomly. And it was right when the big east when Syracuse left the big east. And I was like, What do you yeah. think of that? He's like, It sucks. I'm like, Yes.
1: It sucks the big one.
0: I think he was always, in my opinion, underdeveloped. Like I think Bayham does a really good job with making great college players, but somehow I don't know what happens when they make the leap to the NBA. I don't know what happens.
1: Right, As but well. you don't think they get uh they get the like the tools to uh yeah, survive I don't
2: the NBA? Think
0: that also, they don't have like you know they don't have like a like Duke's coach like behind they don't have the same kind of energy that they get. Right. I don't think right.
2: it's that. I think he it's a recruiting thing. I think he he brings guys in that are college good. He right, he doesn't compete for the players that are NBA good. And what happens is,
1: right. I think
2: that the, the, they get delusions of grandeur. And if you look at the last few years, Tyus Battle, O'Shea Brissett, uh, this kid Elijah Hughes. You know, I do a show with a Ton Thomas, who's a former NBA guy. And he has a rule. He says, unless you're a lottery pick, you stay in school. Yeah, and John Wallace. Right. I, I asked it. that to John Wallace, and he was just like, absolutely, because he said I had a chance to go out my junior year, yeah. and I stayed. And don't forget, in John Wallace's whole career, his best basketball moment was the Final Four in '96. Four, yeah. yeah, that was his senior year. Yeah. That, was- a light, that was that was his and my senior year. Yeah. And and what he doesn't realize, Elijah, and I don't tell these kids, look, I don't count other people's money. I don't. I have no issue with how you know. If right, some people got to come
1: out because of their family situations. Yeah, yeah but, but
2: then to get the the you know hundred thousand dollars from the G League and you're playing in Tuscaloosa, I don't think you're smart to go out of school, play right. your use your eligibility, get the bright lights, go to the NCAA tournament, and do all that.
1: But you think that uh, maybe the top players don't come to Syracuse because Bayham wants them to stay for four years? Well, no, no, the no. The problem no.
0: is this. If you're in a league, if you are a great basketball player and you have a choice of going to snowy-ass Syracuse or Miami, yeah,
1: yeah.
0: where
1: are you going? I'm going to Miami. I mean, they got <laughs> Go the mommies now. You know what I'm a pick. You know Every what I'm about.
0: Bayham has some kind of recruiting scandal. He always there's always some kind of like, yeah. Christy thing. But you know what? I'm so glad they're opening up the idea of them allowing them to get paid because you know how big that dome fit, how many people uh, fit in that dome. It's I huge. Love that face. But think yeah. about it. It's not fair they that make... they don't make a dime off those freaking seats. Not one uh, dime. Not
2: they one get dime. A free, I, I think anybody get a free who makes that claim, okay, tell me if I'm wrong. Here we go. go. Anybody Here we go. who makes that claim doesn't pay student loans.
0: I what? hate because because,
2: because God, right? for all the people that pay student loans, those basketball players, they get a free ride. Okay, and I've say, always said, in order you... to get discipline, you, you know when when players go out and they booze too much or they, you know, they they get in trouble, I would say if you get in trouble during a semester, a bill shows up under your door. No, that's you, not said. You nonsense. never, you had, okay, never so have any what... You have no, 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 no. you know no discipline in in ba- college basketball, and everybody would show let's up. Let's say it's $10, ten for basketball
0: ticket. What?
2: Thirty-two,
0: 32 for basketball. Thirty-two
2: thousand. Fifty for football. <laughs> oh my so, God! They lead, they lead the league in attendance every right. year.
0: But was like lot, Trump. let tickets are five, ten dollars a pop. That's five hundred thousand dollars a game. No one's bought a hot dog. No one's bought a jersey. When the college coaches make more money than the chancellor. There's a problem. These of course there's a problem. Of course there should be on caps on all funds. that.
2: You're not yeah, wrong, but, I, but what do you pay then what do you pay the women's team that gets 4000?
0: Well that
2: it's it's title line issue. That's the way it is. Playing but the are bars? you paying the swim the team? Are you paying the,
3: dome.
2: the best? Yes. They in the sure barn. Do. Don't no, they, they, they play, they, play they, in the
0: barn? No, now
2: they play in the dome now. They play in the dome. What about what about women's lacrosse? is fine. That's not what this is.
0: If you're doing, if you're working in a science lab in the university and you're getting a scholarship, you still get paid. You're it's doing work, right, you still get paid. These yep. you're asking guys to spend seven to eight hours a day playing them,
2: basketball. Right, let them get jobs. I completely agree. Let them get jobs, but your that's job not is
0: making money for the university.
2: If you mean they should get a job
1: on top of the job of playing basketball <laughs> or mean, playing football?
0: Listen, under the best of circumstances, none of these guys would get into these schools on their academic record unless they're in the Ivy Leagues. Let's just let's be real about that. Right. There's oh. no way on their face they would be able to get into Syracuse on their best day. So the idea of them getting a free education, none of them are chemist majors. Right. They're all the same communication studies. They're all the same, like, you know— humanities. They're, they are not anything. If they said to Bayhan, Bayham, look, I got to blow off practice because I got a chem lab. What's going to, you think Baham's going to be like, oh, go ahead, go to your chemistry
2: lab?
3: <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> that's
2: great. <laughs> There's so that's much the more truth. to it, but that's a great line. I didn't want to interrupt it.
1: <laughs> it's the, that's the truth, man. He would not, he'd be like, what? <laughs> no, it would not. <laughs> It's really, so oh, what do you, what yeah, do you want from these, no it. money, nothing back from all, all this money being generated, not even cl- counting all the,
2: the television money, nope, which is
3: millions
1: not
2: dollars. what. That, but that's not what the, the law says. Like, if we're going to debate this, let's be accurate about what the law says. What the okay. law is saying is that players can make money on their likeness. So right. if you, okay, now tell me this is not going to be corrupt. Just Just hear me out. Oh, let's sport. say let's use syracuse because that's where i i love and 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 that's where you you love too let's use syracuse so they have a player this joe gerard right he's a freshman he's going into his sophomore year okay. if that law is passed and joe Girard can get ten thousand dollars to go make appearances at car dealerships in town
3: mm-hmm.
2: no other player can get that no no other player has a shot at it it's just right. joe gerard And then when you're recruiting, so when Jim Boeheim's going into a kid's living room to try to recruit him to go to Syracuse and Mike Krzyzewski trying to convince him to go to Duke and Roy Williams is trying to get him to go to to North Carolina. If you have those three coaches in those locker rooms and they'll say, hey, uh, you know, Honkerville Chevrolet is going to give you 25 (laughs) G's. (laughs) <laughs> and and, and hundred, goes and Sheshevsky goes, no, 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 because we have, you know, Bugs Bunny, to, you know, Toyota is gonna give you 50 G's. And now all of a sudden, how corrupt does it get? Yeah, yeah I, don't I don't think you can go down like... that road. You're opening up villainy.
0: It's already I... already happening. And listen, <laughs> yeah, we know two percent of these guys are gonna make it anyway. Like let's let them make it's their money corrupt. when they can. If yeah, I, I'm more about movie, you know? I'm, I'm, I'm more care. about the
2: other teams. I, I, Title Nine says everything you do for the men, you have to do for the women. And then how do you equate that? What do you say? Joe Girard gets twenty-five thousand dollars to go to Chevrolet, but what does the leading score on the think, women's? I think
1: at? NCAA. I think the schools themselves need to set the criteria for this, and as everybody that is, gets the same as kind of money, as corrupted money. organization and as I, there I is in the, the world. I don't know, but I, I I would hope that a different organization other than the NCAA because they're so awful. But it's somebody got to take control of this. I would put the coaches in tra- in control in charge of it. Why not well, Coach K? A, a, all the cho- but they can they can kind of pick some type of way to pay these to you know pay these kids some kind of money during during their college years. They should get something back.
0: These kids are broke. They can't That's even sell their jerseys.
1: Out. Kids. Kids get in trouble for selling their jer- jerseys trying to help their mother pay their mortgage. And it's like rent, what? This mortgage? Jersey. They rent. Sweat in this fucking thing. And rent. Yeah, rent. Rent. So what do you think about the California making it's uh trying to change the law up out in Cali? That's the,
2: that's the law. They're trying to make it so that licensing money. Now, there's a lot of like, video game money being made. made. You think all the that's kids are gonna run California? No, because I think once it happens, it'll it's get, go, it'll yeah. go cyclical, cyclical. It'll go everywhere. I don't think it's a California thing. They're just trying to push it through. And what they'll do is, if they can find out that that's constitutional, then it's just, it's, it's just a matter of time before it all happens. But it's kind of like the they, gambling the law.
0: Thing? Like if you, you know, was John Wall's number five. I mean, how many number five jerseys were sold when? Yeah.
2: No, I, I get it. I, I yeah. get it. I just think what it what it helps is just the elite. And all I want to say is if we're going to pay college players, pay college players. And oh, to good. me, so to awesome me, them, you do compare we the help? guy who's on a soccer scholarship. Forget the the NBA guys. Say yeah. the guy is on a, scholarship, a soccer scholarship and he lives across the hall from a guy who's a chemistry major. Somebody's got $150,000 worth of debt when he graduates and the other guy doesn't. Who got paid? Yeah. Happens, uh, so it already. Past,
0: it's either the school paying or your parents paying. Like we all come in at a different a different different uh, way.
2: Read so the guy who is the athlete, again, take the elite out of it. Take okay. the less than one percent out of it. Yep. College sports are about getting a free ride. And what college kids will do, if, if I have a kid down the street that is amazing at baseball, he's not going to play for the Mets. I hate the Mets. Uh, he, he, he he's going to play, to, he, but he'll get a free will, ride to, to, to Florida. A free ride.
1: A lot of these kids don't ever play pro ball. Okay. And a lot of these kids get injured in college right. and can't, can't even walk like a fucking it 22 year old. because body. But your body goes through, the, listen, a kid in a chem, a chem major ain't going to lose his knees or blow his right. knees out. Locking for the quarterback. Be the a fucking yeah, what about those kids who, who kids getting crippled or paralyzed out there on that fucking sports on a, and on a field all the time, kids getting injured all the time, but nobody's in a lab getting injured. And so how's a free ride when your knees don't work and you're 30 you 30 years old don't get and your you can't
2: scholarship work? taken away. What's that? You, you don't get your scholarship it's taken not, away I and you have a degree. And I've, if you have two kids who are good at basketball, one gets a scholarship and the other can't afford to go to school. Where are they both going to be in five years? So should it be compensated if
1: they blow their knees out? How about just say, let's yeah. uh, situate that. If a kid is just playing football for Alabama, a star, and he blows his knees out in college, and he, by the way, he's not going to he's just getting a, a so-called free ride.
2: Did you, so see, now the he's, guy, did you see the guy on he, Alabama I mean, that's in the draft? I'm changing the subject for one second. Did you see yeah. the guy from Alabama that's in the draft? His name is Jerry Judy, and he yeah. wears a Jewish star on around his neck? No. Because his nickname is Judy... Oh and, god. God. and he's yeah. not Jewish. he's not
1: anything. You know and this the- Judy Goals thing too on uh, <laughs> on social media. Judy New York J- Jets. W- the New, the New, be New York Jets
2: want to draft him because all the Jews in New York are going to love him. <laughs>
1: That's right. <laughs> all right well, can he play on a Sabbath? <laughs> 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 he going to Colfax his way out of the game. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> <He
0: going before? laughs> I can't play on Sabbath.
1: <laughs> A wild card game, he's going to blow it for the team. <laughs> Very Judy. <laughs> now, did yeah, you play sports today, June Celeste?
0: I played, okay, this is how much of a shitty athlete I was, but I always, I, I grew up with brothers, and I love sports. But I was, when my high school is, if you were a senior and you didn't want to play gym or do gym, the way you got out of it was playing a sport. Right. So I was on the girls' freshman <laughs> basketball team as a point guard. Now, I'm like five feet. Right. Then so when we started playing those country girls up in like upstate New York, I, I remember one time I got kicked out of the game and I was so bad that my teacher, my coach was like, I don't even want you managing the fucking team at this point. You just like, <laughs> I just was not really athletic.
1: Yeah. But I, I can tell coach, by, I mean, by I the way really you call nice. your coach your teacher. <laughs> well, she, you was the teacher
0: you <laughs> she was my social <laughs> study teacher and my basketball coach. Oh, yeah. That's <laughs> for urban <laughs> schools.
1: School and on the court, you were answering questions, and in the classroom, you are rebounding. Exactly. <laughs> he confused the <it> two. <laughs> I was
0: like, "What's going on here?"
1: Was it a good team?
0: No, we suck. No, when you team said, sucked. Like, Westchester, what? there's only a few teams and schools in Westchester.
1: Okay. You know,
0: the richer yeah. the school district is, the shittier the athletes.
1: Oh yeah, That's those rich. Kids think I know. We
0: we what? have like one guy who might have played like major league baseball one time. But the people that come out of my t- town are, are are actors, like Matt, you know Matt Dillon and a whole bunch of other folks.
1: Yeah, see, Dennis my I'm at the Catholic high school. I'm at the Catholic high school, so we had uh, our teams were good. We had good yes. basketball team. We didn't have a football team, but we had a good basketball. Bishop Lachlan, Bishop out Brooklyn, New York. But we uh we always bad. had good That's players. they know wasn't necessarily rich because sometimes they just got gotten for free tuition.
3: Right.
1: Some did, and some did. If you were like a full, so you know, some got a half scholarship, some got full scholarships. Be like a start or whatever. I don't know how they worked it, but um, but we did have good players that came from like poor situations. But it was a private school. Right. But like, the whole everybody in the archdiocese and everybody was just killing back then. We had Kenny, you know, Mark Jackson with the um uh, Bishop Loughlin where I went, but he went years before me, and then I'm just trying to give a shout that they I'm used young to in
0: there. And on
1: uh, <laughs> <laughs> I picked up. They off.
0: used to air the Bishop Loughlin games on television. That and boys and girls yeah. high school.
1: But yeah, the, uh, I don't, uh, we had a good, we had good teams. Our games were always packed when you get like high school games packed like that. And no. we used to go to, no, they were empty.
0: Nobody, nobody went, nobody went to basketball games in my, we went, footballs were popular, but it wasn't great. But like, if you went to New Rochelle high school, those games are packed, but they had like a Ray Rice playing, you know what I mean?
1: I remember boys and girls high school when I was young with uh. When um uh Pearl Washington Pearl was playing, Lawson. yeah, early, Earl. Yeah. those games had more energy and more was more packed than the garden. It yeah. was like it, those games were crazy, and that's where like some of the uh, games in high school remind me of that. Some because we had like Kenny Anderson when he was really big. Kenny Anderson used to drain shots like I ain't never seen in my life. On that, <laughs> I'm, I'm telling Nets. you, it was he played for the Nets, and he yeah, he's another archdiocese. Uh. Uh, basketball player out of Catholic schools, and he was just nice. But then you had... The, but some of these games were so packed. Even, like, Stephon Marbury was still there. And, oh, uh,
0: yeah,
1: yeah. I can imagine. Games. Some games were, like... It felt better than going to the next games. It was, like, more energy was just bigger.
0: And likelihood of winning. It was yeah, like your Friday Night Lights.
1: Friday... Yeah, it was our Friday Night Lights. Steph, did you go to, what? How was your high school team? Were they good?
2: Uh, no. Uh, my My <laughs> claim to fame... My claim to fame in sports was I played on the freshman baseball team.
1: Okay, I played a little league. I
2: played. No, no, no. It was a freshman baseball team, and I had a job. I got a job as a like a wedding and a sweet sixteen DJ. Right. And you met so many more women play DJing than you did playing baseball.
1: And you gave it up. And
2: I gave it up. And yes. when I was the first baseman, <laughs> I remember I would hold the runners on because you know you stood on first base to hold the runners on, and I would talk the runners ear off. I would be like, oh, we we're going to do this, and we we're going to do this, 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 this. And people are like, you should be announcing the games, not playing <laughs> the games. So that's when I went for
1: that. But we so did you just face... Gave
2: up on we, we he did was a Larry
0: Furt first base.
2: In 89, we faced Al Leiter. Al Leiter was a rookie with the Yankees, and he had a blister problem. And right. he went to Tom's River North, and they were playing uh, my high school, and... Al Leiter had to do a rehab stint and the George Washington Bridge was shut down. And you try getting to Yankee Stadium when the George Washington Bridge isn't functioning. Like, it was it was something wrong. It was 1980. There was right. something wrong with the George Washington Bridge. So the Yankees told Al Leiter, just go throw at, like, a high school field. And so he went to the high school field and we were getting ready to play a game. And he was like, if I could get 50 pitches in, I'll throw five to each of you guys. We were like, okay. <laughs>
1: so <laughs> all y'all had a erect penises when he said it. <laughs> the
2: dude, the dude threw ninety eight. Like he was. Wow. Yes, I was so scared. I swear to you, I was so scared. And I have covered. I've covered baseball for twenty six years, and I've been to hundreds of major, if not thousands of major league games. And I would never was so scared. I will stand by the batting cage, and they'll be like, aren't you worried that you're going to get hit with a baseball? And I'd be like, nope, I faced Al lighter. <laughs> I survived
1: that. Wow. Yeah.
2: 98. And you caught him? I didn't catch it. I stood there. The bat was on my shoulder, and my elbows froze. I just was froze like, up. Oh. I was so nervous. Could you even see the ball go past you? Yeah, I was
0: thinking
2: about that. I No. <laughs> no. Like, oh. He had... Yes, I mean this was the big. This was his rookie year. If you remember his rookie year, he threw a hundred. He, he was so fast. And I wound up in '98. I was covering the Rockies, and he played for the Marlins. And I met him once, and I told him that he was, you know, he played played against my high school, and then he pitched in the game, and he got lit up. This is when the Rockies had like Larry Walker, Vinny Castilla, Andres Galarraga. Like they were they were mashers, and right. they lit him up. And I had to go interview him after the game. And I went, uh, I went, uh, not your best day, huh? or so, I, like I, I didn't know what to say. Like I, I tried to <laughs> so just You came in apologize. like a jerk. <laughs> and he looks at me and he goes, he goes, oh, you must have gone to Marlboro High School. You're so smart. You know that I got lit up. Like he just laid into me. And later on, he was like, apologized. But it was, I was 23 at the time. I was really, really young. Oh,
1: you came in there trying to go at him. Yeah,
2: I didn't know. Yeah, yeah, that's 20, you know, it's 20 some odd years ago. So, you know, I'd like to think I'm a better interviewer now. And
1: you were covering, who? what team are you covering then?
2: Back then, I was the beat reporter for the Broncos and I was the pre and post game host for the Avalanche. And then I did the Rockies on the side. I did the Rockies games because I was a baseball nut and I knew that that's where I wanted my career to go because it's it's, it's not to put down any of the other sports. I just think baseball talk. Talk, not that sport, but right. baseball talk makes you sound smarter.
0: Well, it's a more intelligent game in a lot and of I ways.
2: Said, I said if yeah. I have a shot in this yeah. business, I need to do a thinking man's game. That's,
0: that's okay, yeah, yeah. Well, I do watch so?
2: the football pregame shows and I, oh the interior line <laughs> and, no. and I it's all fluff. It's who's right. stronger yeah. than the other team? Like that's how do they win? They're 300 pound guys, beat the crap out of your 300 pounds guys. Yeah. That's how we won. And in baseball, it's are you playing in? Are you playing out? And if you notice, in my career, I've never criticized the physical. I, was gonna say, I don't, yeah. say, I don't yeah. say he should have jumped higher or he should have beat that. What I'll say is, why did he throw to third when he could have thrown to second? Right, or like, why some, was he playing in when have yeah. been playing yeah. out? Like I will criticize your decision, not right. your physical. Because if I can't do it, I have no place. Well, Just like a, in yeah. the media, I have no place to tell an athlete to retire. Unless you wore his shoes, you do not have a right to tell Brett Favre or Roger Clemens, any of these dudes, to retire. It's They're giving up their livelihood, their their passion. You let them do it for as long as somebody will sign them. People say, when should Tom Brady retire? You know when he should retire? When he damn wants to.
1: Yeah, Yeah, I'm different. I sit back and criticize. I watch porn and criticize, knowing I can't do the stuff that those guys are doing. (laughs) But I said, no, he's phoning it in. He's phoning it in.
2: Tag me in this. I'll I'll show you. (laughs) You see Pornhub just donated a bunch of masks? Yeah.
0: You know why they have those masks, though? Because they're located in California. I think it was a law that they had to have the the masks for the fires. That's why all these tech companies have all these masks.
2: Pornhub donated, like, hundreds of thousands of masks, and they gave free Pornhub accounts to anybody in the medical profession. Oh, that's, that's awesome. I said they're doctors. You, ever... you think they don't have paid get... – you don't think they paid for poor already? <laughs> so,
1: Celeste, so well, why did you agree when he was saying um, baseball is a thinking man's game? What? Are you I a just, baseball team, saw, first of all?
0: I'm not a huge fan, but at, it's, uh, like if you look at it like in the pantheon of sports, right. it's more academic, right? So it incorporates physics as a as, as strategy – there's a lot of numbers in it, which is great for kids. It's the only sport, though, I think maybe even golf, but you're losing, you could win. You know what I mean? That's the thing that's yeah. interesting about baseball.
3: Yeah. Like,
0: he bats he 300. He's amazing. 30% right. is not acceptable anywhere anywhere else in life. Right. But also,
3: and in a lot of ways, a yeah. less
0: physical sport. So I think it relies yep. m- much more on your ability to uh, understand and predict plays in a way that Sure. It doesn't work in other sports.
1: Yeah, and only both. I mean, old- like
0: hockey. I used to babysit for uh, Jeff He's Gorgeous.
1: Jeff Bookaboom?
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well,
1: how did that? How did that work out? How did? Yeah. How, did that, how did that? What? How? Did you,
2: how did that happen?
0: He lived in what Rye, so I used to babysit him in his. Uh, his oh, that's years.
2: where the Rangers practice.
0: Yeah, I used to walk when I used to ice skate at Rye Playland on Saturday mornings. Yep. Before I, you know, get there and warm up, the Rangers would be on the ice knocking the crap out of each other. Really? Yeah.
1: I'm a Rangers fan. You know that. I'm a oh, Devils fan.
2: Are you?
0: Well, he's from yeah. Jersey.
2: Son Big of Devils a Devils fan. They know what moved I moved to I? Jersey. We moved to Jersey the same day the Colorado Rockies hockey team moved to New Jersey and became the Devils. And I was this eight is- years old, and I voted for the oh. team name. And my father, God bless him, he lied to me. And told me the vote was really close, and that my vote really counted. Oh. But for like five years, I thought I named the team. Because <laughs> you said the Devils in your, I uh, voted Devils, a... and I cut out the little thing out of the newspaper, and I put <laughs> an envelope and a stamp, and I mailed it in. And they said that's why they won.
3: And oh, that's that's,
2: so that's why the Devils game. And my first ever hockey game that I ever saw was the Devils' first game.
3: Wow!
0: Really?
2: Yeah, I was eight years old. Who that's, was on the
0: team
2: the team. Team. that's the team you love at eight. Is the team you love forever?
1: Yeah, you totally. team. But if you love for as a kid, you're going to love them through your whole life. That's how I've been. it
0: fans. We are from New York. I don't understand that. But they're at the well, eight. Dan Marino was the quarterback.
2: No, the one thing I will say is when you cover a team, though, you become a fan of that team. Yeah. Maybe not the franchise, but, like, if you spend you every day, it. every minute with a team. Like, I traveled with the Seattle Mariners. Yeah. I... You can't be a fan of anything else. Like, it's you like, are if, a
1: fan of if that. You take care of kid, if you taking care of a kid that's not your kid, you're going to fall in love with that kid. You still got to right. take care. You still got to keep up with what that kid's doing, his progress. And you be like this. Before you know it, you're going to be like this. That's my kid. Though nobody going to say they ain't my kid.
2: <laughs> and that's how it
1: feels like you felt about that team. You were up under them. But sometimes you probably felt like you cared about them more than you cared about totally. your original team. No?
2: When the Broncos won the Super Bowl in 98, they beat the Packers in Super Bowl 32. I was on the yeah. field. And oh, wow. we went to the party. We went to – if if you want, I can get it. We went to the party. That night, the players – because I was in a Madden football league with all those players. I was 24, and I was their age, and we were friends, and we <laughs> played Madden football against each other. And the only rule was none of the guys on the Broncos could be the Broncos. Right. <laughs> that was my rule. And we had to postpone our final – like our our, our playoffs – because the actual Broncos made the Super Bowl.
1: That's unbelievable.
2: And, and we played. And that night, we, after the, they beat the Packers, we got invited to the team hotel for the we won the Super Bowl party. And they got a conference room. And they broke out a conference room. And all the glasses. They, so Coach Shanahan gets up on a chair. And he says, I have a speech. And he makes a speech. And I looked at the glass that everybody's holding with champagne. And it's got the Super Bowl logo engraved and i said to my buddy who was with me and i go this is totally coming home with me right i said oh, cuz everyone's going to gonna have a t-shirt and everyone's going to have a thing right. and i said no one's going to have a champagne glass from the party so i have that i have that glass and i keep Where is glass. it? Here, hold on, hold on.
1: Yes, let's see that home, bitch. I got to know what to steal when i come to your house. <laughs> uh, on a <the> podcast <laughs> people just going to hear the audio but uh, yeah, he's showing a glass right now. Let me go. Oh, oh look, look at that. Is wow. That
2: I have no idea. Well, what year? What year? 90. This was January 98. So it's the 97-98 team. That's when they beat Brett Favre? They beat Brett Favre. That's the game when Terrell Davis, and I was 10 feet away, so I heard this. Right. uh, Terrell Davis had migraines. He had problems with migraines. Right. When he got really severe migraines, he couldn't see. He would have partial blindness. Wow, came out of the game. And I remember that he was having a migraine. And I remember saying to people that were with me, I said, yeah, this is not going to go nicely. And Mike Shanahan comes over to him and says, I need you to go in on this down. Uh, and he says, but coach, I can't see. And he says, don't worry, you don't need to just trust me. And he comes in and it was a quarterback fake handoff uh, quarterback end around. And that's the play. If you ever look at the footage, you see Elway dive into the end zone. Terrell Davis was the decoy, and he couldn't see, but the Packers didn't know. So they all jumped in on Terrell Davis, and John Elway snuck around, and he scored the touchdown. And nobody in the building knew that. And we were like, oh, my God. I was just thinking like that. Could you imagine if you had Twitter? Could you imagine if social media existed right there? Yeah. I would have been like, Tyrrell Davis can't see. Wait <laughs> a minute. And it's fly. still put him in. And still but still You think he a free ride? <laughs> no, and J- Terrell right. Davis was <laughs> on sports with friends and we talked about it. It was so really yeah. and he
1: he owed up to it. He really said he totally. couldn't see. Totally. And he went in the game. So, so how did he even get it on the field? Like who helped him to the field?
0: He had a cane.
1: Oh. <laughs> he, he had a CNI dog walking him to the somebody, scrimmage. somebody helped him, I mean. One of what? the men or something.
0: Yeah, Marco, Paul. Like that, he probably
1: And did he still get tackled? Because they thought he was gonna get the ball. So did they still tackle him so you get hit in the dark? No, because they once they realized it's <laughs> Stevie Wonder's could...
2: nightmare. <laughs> Once they realized that Elway had the ball, I mean, the play happens really fast. Oh, they didn't hit him. They didn't Nobody, touch him. Nobody's touching him. Like, once they right. realized that it's, it's a fake, they were all co- collapsing on Davis. But Davis is just standing there. He just, right. you know, Elway's the guy they want. Because standing there,
1: filling around with his hands. <laughs>
2: Mama! Mama, that you? <laughs> One of the greatest <laughs> live events I've ever seen.
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs>
2: That's frightening, no Celeste.
1: That scared the shit out of me. How do you even know that his his sight's coming back? First of all, if I'm losing my sight, all back <laughs> oh, all,
2: I'm not playing the next day. You've seen him on ML, NFL Network. He's doing fine. Yeah, I see him now. Didn't, didn't scar did he him in any way. Both
0: shots. That's they say it's good for
1: both shots both for shots. the migraine. For
0: migraine.
1: Yeah. yeah, they did say that. But if, listen to me. So, how often did this happen to him? And was this because of concussions? Oh,
2: I don't know. I, I was 24, I man. I, I don't else? know.
1: Anybody else will get migraines to the point where they can't see?
0: I've never had it that bad.
1: You've had migraines, but never blinding,
0: never, right? Not to blindness, no.
2: no. That
0: means he gets them often. Because like he has a chronic condition, probably.
2: Sure he does, yeah.
0: Yeah.
2: Oh, that's got to a I remembered it from covering there. Once, once I left the Broncos, <laughs> I kind of left. You know what I mean? And then I, all I remember is I thought he retired really quickly.
1: Yeah. He got out. He got out.
2: But I had moved to Seattle. I lived in Seattle for four years, and I had worked with the Seahawks and the Mariners. And Fell in I love with It's no, a sports slut.
1: You went over there and loved them too, didn't you? <laughs>
2: of course I did. Of course. <laughs> yeah. Ken, they Griffey were good Jr., back Ken Griffey yes. Jr. claims. Yeah. There's a YouTube video, and I, Sherrod, I'll send it to you. Yes. There's a YouTube video of Ken Griffey Jr. on camera saying he made my career. Oh, really? Wow. He says oh! I would be nothing. He and we played it when he got into the what? Hall of Fame. We I played it on the podcast. Clip. What? Wait, I know that clip. Oh, you've seen it? He, said he off your career. He went off on me. He 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 used to bust my chops. And what would happen is as he his career was going on, when he went to Cincinnati, play people in the media would go up to him because he never did interviews, and right. they would go up to him and they would go, I'm friends with Seth Everett. You know, you got a shot. You got a shot. And Junior would look at him and go, well, now there's no way I'm doing this. Like, <laughs> no wow. way. He and hated one time No, no, no. We were we were great friends. And oh, wow. when my best friend was killed, you know, my best friend who was killed, Daryl Hamilton, he uh, he uh played 13 years in the big league. So all of baseball knew him. Right. Wow. And the first phone call I got was Ken Griffey Jr. Oh, wow. The first phone call. I was in shock. I was sitting in this oh, room. I was... I was recording an episode, and I saw it on Twitter that he had died. And MLB Network had called me to verify it because he was supposed to be on MLB Network that night. Wow. And he never showed. And it was scary. And then all of a sudden, I was like, this is not real. There's no way this is real. And then I saw my phone, and it was Ken Griffey Jr. And he says, I knew how much he meant to you. And I went, oh, my God, this is real. Like, this is real, real. So Holy. Ken Griffey Jr. is the salt of the earth. He can do well, you know, no Wow.
0: He have a reputation of being a bit smug. Like, he kind of comes off a little standoffish.
2: Right. And mm-hmm. I
0: don't know if it's because he's a baseball player, but that's always I love him. I
1: love of- him, love him, love him.
0: But, I, I mean, you know, you never get to see that.
1: So, kinda, okay, may I ask what happened to your partner? How,
2: what, I don't oh, know. Oh, how did it happen? Story. Yeah, you can, it's, yeah. It's, it's, it's public knowledge. He, um, he had a baby with this lady uh, who had some mental issues. And on Father's Day in June of 15 uh he was coming to new york and i had plans with him for that wednesday and i had we had made lunch plans for that wednesday he lived in houston texas and he had his two boys from his marriage and he had this other th- kid and he spent the day with all three kids and he dropped the boys off and then he went to drop the baby off the baby was maybe 18 months mm. and wow. He dropped her off, and as he was leaving to go into the car, to go to the airport, to go to MLB Network, to come to New Jersey, she shot him in the back. Jesus. Jesus. And she killed him and then killed herself.
1: (laughs) Wow.
2: Baby was in the room, and she had called the police right before she did it. and She called the police. Right after she killed Daryl, she she called the police and then killed herself. And I found it was a Sunday. It was Father's Day. And it was weird because I was at a work event. I was in Sacramento, California, and my flight was a connection, and I was in Houston. And I thought about calling him while I was in the Houston airport, but I said, it's Father's Day. Why would I call him? I'm going to see him Wednesday. Plus, even though he lived 20 minutes from the airport, what's he going to do? He's not going to cut. He can't get through security. Like, I'm not going to see him. So what's the difference? And while I was having that conversation with my wife, he Uh. was getting... Oh my god! Very oh,
1: freaky.
2: Very. My freaky. God. Sorry, and then, my
1: condolences, bro.
2: No, I appreciate that. And then the next day, that Monday, this woman, and I don't want to give her name, uh, Lisa. I don't know her last name. She wrote an op-ed piece for the Washington Post about Alex Rodriguez because if you remember, in 2015, he had a great resurgence. Yeah. And yeah. she wrote. She wrote the forgiveness tour of Alex Rodriguez or right. something like that. And I wrote to her on Twitter, and I said. Just because he's hitting the damn baseball doesn't make him any less of an asshole. Right.
0: right.
2: I said that. And she's right. like, you're wrong about him. And I said, I know him. And he's an asshole. He's right. my hated enemy. And I, so, so I said, come on this podcast called, at the time, I don't even think we named it Sports with Friends. And she, I'm in the middle of debating her. And I'm crushing her. And right. I see the thing on Twitter. Because the Mets tweeted something because he played for the Mets and the Texas Rangers played so he played for the Texas, and I went, "What in the world?" And I later posted the episode, and people on social media were like, "You let that woman off the hook, and I never told anybody that that's, that's why, why. Like, I, needed, oh. I needed to wrap that conversation up because I had to get they on get the, the phone things that really out. that really matter, yeah. yeah I called him, and it was it was it was crazy, it was one of the things, and i'll uh, one really sweet story from it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Daryl played baseball for 13 years, and when he retired, he became my partner. We did MLB radio together. That's the guy who I did the podcast with, and he became my best friend, and he was my best friend for 10, 15 years, wow. and then when I went to Houston for the memorial for Daryl,
3: mm-hmm.
2: he, the, you know, he was a Southern Baptist, and you guys are African American, and I Fully learned what Southern Baptist is. And it's a lot of respect and it's a lot of no, ma'am, yes, ma'am. And there was a receiving line for his mom. And I never met his mom because when you're 30 and you make a friend, why would you meet his mom? Right. You know, he was at my wedding, but he was already married when I met him. So why would I meet his mom?
3: Right.
2: And I went up to him and his mom recognized me and she got up out of the chair. She had been sobbing. She wiped her tears, hugged me, and asked me how my daughters were. And I said, and I said, oh my God, that baseball player told his mom about me.
3: (laughs) (laughs) And I said, that
2: was the coolest thing in the world. And I said, and people were like, how is the memorial? And I go, amazing. Like that, it solidified my friendship. And Dusty Baker gave the eulogy at the funeral and Dusty Baker can do no wrong. Right. And Er, the 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 whole 2015, I couldn't watch baseball. It was the only thing that was reminding me. Like oh. I went through a normal, healthy morning, but baseball was a reminder. And that spring in 2016, I went to Nationals, the, the Nationals camp, and I went and I had dinner with Dusty Baker. And Dusty, who had given the eulogy, and he told me all the things that I loved about baseball that I didn't remember.
3: Yeah. He wow. Said. He
2: said what's the feeling you get when you go in the press box and three reporters from the visiting team that you haven't seen, but you had that one night of beers, that one yeah. time. Like, and he told me all these things. And Dusty Baker was fascinating. And the one time on my podcast, and we've done 240 episodes, in one time that I took part of a podcast out because a player asked me, it was Bryce Harper. Uh-huh. Bryce Harper was with, the was with the Nationals, and Dusty had just gotten hired. Right. And he said something about, I'm excited to play for Dusty Baker. And I said, you don't know how exciting you are. I said, Dusty's the salt of the earth. He is as good as they are. And he says, can we stop this podcast? What is it about Dusty that's great? Like Bryce Harper asked me that. And he was just like, what? And, And I never aired it. I never aired it. I never put it on the podcast. I took it all out. Because that's personal between me and him, you know, and, and it was and it was well, always you tell
1: them the you tell them the truth, you tell them what I tell you had yourself from I told your everything situation. about
2: Dusty and why Dusty was the perfect guy to do a eulogy. Because yeah. right. Dusty Dusty uh had Daryl as a player with the San Francisco Giants, mm-hmm. and so that's how you know, and Daryl revered Dusty, and yeah. so there was that connection, and Dusty did a beautiful job, and he was amazing. And now he just got hired for the managers. The Astros. Uh, Astros. Because he got to clean it up. At
1: what
0: point, though, this is, Seth, at what point did you guys realize that you two were really going to be good friends? I mean, because it's always, you know, you're not from the same part of the universe, right?
2: Anything. And so there was a public memorial in Houston and then a private family-only burial in Baton Rouge. Right. And I had never been to Baton Rouge, and they his brother came over to me and said, we'd be honored if you would come to Baton Rouge. And I said, oh my God, I have to take the honor. Like, of course I will. And I, you just got to see me driving from Houston, Texas to Baton Rouge in a rental car, going to this burial. And I sat at that memorial service, which is a Southern Baptist old time, 150 year old church.
3: Right.
0: Hot as hell.
2: And I sat, and all the people around me going, and I, amen. Hey amen! And I went, what? Yeah. Huh? what? And I remember, and all I said was, this is some cruel joke that Daryl Hamilton had to get the last laugh. What he would do to get a Jewish kid from New Jersey to, to go to that. a Southern Baptist <laughs> <to grow>. <laughs> <laughs> and do it. Anyway, so That is too to, funny. <laughs> <laughs> to answer your question, um, we hit it off right away. We met in spring training and my I had met him around the same time I met my wife and she was like a girl I was dating. And she called, she called me while I was walking with Daryl and Daryl said, who's that? And I said, this is girl. And he said, photo now, photo now. (laughs) And I showed a photo and he goes, all right, I could deal with you. (laughs) And he hit it off and I just got him. I understood him. And we, um, when we, you know, we did our show and we would have all kinds of bits, and we, but all of the bits, and Sherrod, you, you know this from all your stuff, you don't like contrived bits. Right. right. I like the organic ones. Exactly, and at the moment. Darryl Darryl, the, my greatest Daryl Hamilton memory I will never forget, and I'll tell it to you because you will crack up. I was on an airplane, this is so bad, uh, yeah. I was on an airplane in Tokyo, Japan, With the MLB All Star team, and there's a reporter. His name is Barry. I'm not going to give out his last name, but there's a reporter. His name is Barry, and he has a glass eye. Okay. He was sitting in the seat. He was sitting in the seat. He was sitting in the seat in front of me, Uh and he fell asleep on the airplane, and his glass eye stayed open. Uh And Barry Bonds, (laughs) and Barry Bonds. This is one of my favorite stories of all time. Barry Bonds. Uh, was walking back to his seat and saw Bear, this uh, this Barry with his glass eye open and freaked out. He's like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> and he grabbed a camcorder from another guy on the team, and he camcorder because it was two thousand two. And right. he zoomed in on Barry Bloom. <laughs> <laughs> oh, got it! <laughs> he, he zoomed in on his glass eye. All right. I told that story to Daryl just like I told it to you. Fast forward four months Uh, Four months And Pete Rose Is applying for reinstatement In the league And Barry, this Barry Had covered the original Lifetime ban, Right And we had him scheduled to come on our show And Daryl was in Houston And I was in New York And all we had to communicate at the time Was AOL Instant Messenger And you could hear the typing of the keys sometimes if you were really feverishly typing and I said on the show and I'll never forget I said coming up later on the show uh, Barry Bloom did you see our boy Barry last night on ESPN's Outside the Lines he did a great job giving it to Bob Lee and Daryl forgot the story that I just told you and said could you tell Barry Bloom to look at the damn camera
3: (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! See, that's the kind of stuff I like. Goddamn it! <laughs> ah, holy shit! God, we gotta get video. First of all, we gotta find that video of the uh, of the glass eye, the zoom in on it, so I can see if it's really Kool Aid in it or a goldfish. <laughs>
0: <laughs> damn! Oh, did you? But quick, quick question about Pete Rose. I know it might be too complicated. Love
2: him, by the way.
0: I, 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 you know, I remember Pete Rose. He was I a bet character. He loves don't you, know, too. I get it? What do you think?
2: Should he be in the
0: Hall of Fame as a player, definitely not as a manager, or none of the above?
2: He's not eligible.
1: They should and let him in,
2: though. What's the your, they should let him, him in. Lifetime ban, lifetime ban. What I think should have happened is Pete Rose needed to get into rehab because if oh. Pete Rose had shown actual contrition yeah, and didn't peddle a book when he was applying for reinstatement, yeah. And didn't get seen at a Vegas casino the, or Vegas sports book the same weekend. Gotta eat. That's why he's not. <laughs> because because you'd, we live in a society of forgiveness. Right. Everybody gets forgiven. right? But it was really the commissioner at that time who really had a personal with him. And I, on, he died. Man. And he died. Bart Giamatti died. Bart, yeah. yeah.
0: Paul's son, dad.
2: Paul, yeah, Paul Giamatti's dad. It was Bart yeah. Giamatti. Yeah. And he died. And the next commissioner, Faye Vincent, who I only met once. I didn't work, I worked for Bud Sealing. I never worked for Faye Vincent. Right. But Faye Vincent didn't want to sully the reputation oh. of Bart Giamatti. See. I never go back and that, that's part of it. That is part of it. It's but I just, sick. Think, I I just think of the most baseball Bud, for the love of God. When Bud took over, uh, and Bud had his flaws, but when Bud took over, Pete Rose was a degenerate gambler. Yeah. I, I'm not even belittling right. him when I say it He was yeah. such a degenerate gambler That you couldn't take him off the banned list And the rule is that He's banned, he's not on the ballot it, 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 the, the Hall of Fame voters And the Hall of Fame Look, You want to do a whole podcast about how crappy The Hall of Fame voting process definitely. Is? Definitely. Sure. But the fact is? But the fact is Is that Pete Rose was never on that ballot So it was never discussed My rule about steroids Is they're on the ballot because none of them are suspended. And right. the thing is, they've already let people in the hall of fame that I have on very good authority did steroids. Right,
1: we definitely right. got to explore that too. So, so, we definitely so, got to explore right. that. I'm yeah. sure they are. There's a bunch of people in there that this bugs me how they pick and choose what's against the asteroids, what's getting banned, and what,
3: right? So, what do you,
1: what do you think they're going to do with the asteroids, first of all? What that. I think the uh, like uh, cancel culture already took care of them as far as public's concerned. Nobody's acknowledging their 2017 victory, in the World Series, in the public.
0: Look, baseball's canceled now, so it doesn't even matter. It doesn't matter, <laughs> right? It's canceled. The
1: Olympics they just announced is uh canceled too in Tokyo what, this year. 2021? And he was really looking. They they were really looking forward to the Olympics ever since that nuclear accident. They was trying to clean up with this whole. <laughs> <laughs> They, they they needed the Olympics in 2020 so we can forget about uh, that whole coastline on the east that they can't use no more. <laughs>
0: but that's totally fucking at my OCD because now it's like if they do the Olympics in 2021, are they gonna do the next one in 2024, or 2025?
1: No, oh, they're gonna do a shorter. They'll be back in. Uh, they're gonna get right gonna to go it.
0: Back into the cycle.
1: Now we do have a segment on the show. We're coming up to uh, uh, to the end, so I want to do this segment with you guys. It's called cutting down the nets. Like when you cut down the nets when you win a championship game. Now, what in your life would you want to cut this down to? Like, oh, accomplishment in your life? It could be sports related or not. Celeste, yeah. so what'd you say now?
0: I said I had a V-back.
1: A V-back?
0: Yeah, I had a cesarean, and then I had a. That was my. I felt like I had climbed Everest after that.
1: Okay, wait. So, wait, what happened?
0: My first child was born by a cesarean. Right. The second child, I had a natural birth.
2: Right. That's, and an and yeah, that's, that's, that's a big deal.
0: I felt like I climbed Everest after that second kid. That's
2: great. Right. Because you, did
1: you feel like you cheated the first time by cutting it open?
0: Well, I felt like I was deprived. Yeah, because it was an emergency.
1: Oh, so, so you felt like you were deprived of natural birth. Yeah. So you wanted your vagina to get all stretched out. I sure
3: did.
1: <laughs> I and respect I, that.
2: So the cut the nets, I'll tell, is I worked with Prince for a year.
1: Prince the what performer like? the musician. Or prince who played for the uh prince the Rogers.
2: Troy Pistons. No,
0: prince
2: no. Uh, I have the I had to search for that, but I got one. <laughs> That's pretty good. Prince Nelson. <laughs> Thank uh, you. Prince fielder. Prince fielder who by the way is named after After prince. prince.
1: That's correct. Because it's Cecil Fielder's
2: uh wife, uh, you know, Prince's mom was a big prince fan and named right. her kid Prince.
1: And they couldn't be different uh looking, right? The little skinny prince and
2: Prince uh, Fielder? Prince,
1: uh, oh, he was, he's
2: just a huge the boy. One. He was a truck,
1: yeah. He was like yeah. He was a football player. Some guys who's shaped shape like that are really good at baseball. Yeah. Uh, uh, he was one of them. Yep. Damn, he's got a big body. So what's the boy to cut the nets down?
2: All right. So uh, in 2012, uh, I took a freelance gig, and I was working for a web startup called Spreecast. Huh? And Spreecast was like what Facebook Live is now. OK, so like, you know, the three of us are on Skype like I see you, you see me that that, that that's one thing. But if we were on fi- on Spreecast, this whole conversation could be broadcast live to anybody who wanted to see it. Oh. Okay. And I was hired to do sports content for them. Okay. And so I would every once in a while, I would set up a webcam and I would do a sports show. And then I was hired by them to get people on and stuff like that. So to make a long story short, one night over a beer, the people from Spreecast were sitting at a beer. And they said, do sh- we-, we want Spreecast to be a community? So do shows that fit your personality, not just ones that you have to do. And so I did a show about Superman. And then I did a sh- they said, do a show. What's your favorite musician? And I said, I was a big Prince fan. Okay. And they said, do a show about Prince. And so I did. And they loved it because one of the engineers of Spreecast. I can the
1: had- Prince symbol on your, on yeah, your fridge wall. Yeah. 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 On the wall. Yeah.
2: So, so, um, So so they they came out and it turns out one of the engineers had worked on Prince's website or something. So they were like, do more like that. And I'm like, I couldn't tell any more stories like I was a fan. That was it. Uh And so I searched Twitter and I found a blogger who either was a super fan or knew him. And I said either way. And just to show you how phony people are, I tweeted at him like three or four times. Hey, man, can you follow me so I can DM you? blah, 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 blah. And he never did. And then I was on NBC Sports Network. And they, you know how they used to put your Twitter handle underneath your, your th- yeah. lower third? Yeah. And this third, loser yeah. found what? me. This guy found me. And he saw me on TV. And he was like, oh, that guy's somebody. And so he wrote me back. And we had him on as a guest. And that was it. And then all of a sudden, he calls me up on New Year's Day and says, can we do another one? And I said, sure. And I didn't know any of this. But Prince had gotten in touch with him and said, it's 2013. I have big plans. By the way, your website blows. Do a podcast. Do a YouTube. Do a something. Do something. And the only thing that blogger knew how to do at the time was Spreecast. So Uh I had the Spreecast account. So he calls me up and says, can we do another one? Well, Prince joined Twitter. And we didn't know. Cause he didn't, he wasn't verified. It wasn't him. Like it wasn't at Prince. Like it wasn't any right. of that. And right. all of a sudden he started tweeting out the link to our spreecast. Wow. Wow. And we had like 55,000 people in the, wow. fucking and I got the numbers and spreecast was like, you realize you had 55,000 people on your show? And I went, Oh my God. And so I called the blogger and I <laughs> thought that was it. I thought it was over. And then I remember I was in a grocery store, something I wish I could do now. (laughs) I was in a grocery store and I was looking at melons and I got a phone call and I said, Hey, and he goes, I have a proposal. He'll give us music, he'll give us show notes, and he'll book our guests. Can we do the show weekly? And I went, Get out of town, get out of town. And I'm a sports guy. I've never dealt with music or anything like that. I was like, no way. And lo and behold, I have folders of gobs of music that he wrote for our show. What? that he did did for our show. And we did this show for a year. We did it for 11 and a half months. Wow. And there's an article. If you go to billboard.com and search my name. There's an article about Prince where he makes the reporter watch our show before he talk, He would talk to the we reporter. To really? Wow.
1: And, what?
2: I was in Billboard. Like, I, you know, like, that was crazy. I'm a sports guy. And we did it. And then he came to New York, and I met him, and we had this whole big to-do, and it was a whole thing. And for a year, I worked with Prince. So that's, that's my – that's, my, that's, my...
1: that's amazing. I had dinner with him once. But I was For young. Real? Yeah, he, 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 me and Tone was there. Was with Chris with Chris Rock. He was okay. there even and Chris, and he was uh he referred to himself in the third person, and me and Tone just laughed. <laughs> <laughs> Prince wants the mashed potatoes. We was like, well, you Prince. Ah, <laughs> uh, that's a, that's a cut down the net. That's a whole year of cutting down the nets. Now, where can the fans of find you and reach Seth?
2: The uh, best way would be Twitter. That's my favorite drug of choice. Uh, at Seth underscore Everett. Uh, don't follow the guy without the underscore, because I think he's a terrorist. Okay. <laughs> and, but he has no. He had the name first, so I'm right. Seth underscore Everett on Twitter.
1: Okay, nice. And what's the name of the podcast again?
2: Uh, oh, I would love it if you guys want to give it a listen. Uh, Sports with friends, and uh, the other one's called The Hall of Justice.
1: Definitely. Sports Friends, great show. I got to check out Hall of Justice. Celeste, what do you want to do? Some pluggy plugs?
0: Yes. Hit me up on Instagram at CEEJ2, Siege2. And uh, that's really my my particular drug of choice. Drug and of choice. I'm also on Facebook at Celeste Joseph Jennings. And listen to Vox Celeste because I interview great comedians.
1: Yes. There right. we go. What a great episode of Small Ball Baby Sports, 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 Sports. Where is Sports, Sports? We want Sports, Sports. <laughs> I see we can still talk sports without sports being around because it's affected all of our lives growing up. We all got a relationship with it, if you like to know it or not. You know, our kids do, our parents do, our whole family, everybody. Sports somehow connected. So thank you for joining me. I want to give a shout-out to Embassy Row, who, you know, that's who I'm rolling with on this. So Small Ball, check us out on Apple Podcasts and on uh, Spotify. Small Ball, baby. Peace.